0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 2 of Molly Scolder. I am your host, Bee Moore, and joining me here is my lovely co-host...
1: Uh, Doomy, a.k.a. Chelsea, a.k.a. the Queen of Mean.
0: <laughs> I've never heard that last one, that's new. <laughs> Who bestowed you that title?
1: You did, before we hit record. That's
0: true. It's <laughs> a little feisty today, that's alright.
1: I'm spicy. I'm spicy. I got up at 6am and worked, so... I'm awake and I'm feisty and I'm...
0: I got up at 6 a.m. too. I got really high and played Mass Effect. and Life's hard.
1: That sounds like a sweet morning.
0: Sounds it difficult.
1: A sweet, soft, precious, comfy morning.
0: I got the scars of a thousand dead aliens on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you can find us at social media, at mollyscolderpodcast on Instagram, correct?
1: Yes. Yes, I uh,
0: my my handle is bmo underscore ubt,
1: and my handle is underscore d zero zero m i e underscore, on Instagram.
0: <laughs> Find it.
1: <laughs> Have fun looking it'll that probably,
0: up. Yeah, it'll if you type enough things into the you know the search bar, that'll pop up eventually. To the
1: Etherverse. Yeah. Um, fun, fun, exciting news! We are now on uh, streaming on iTunes and Spotify and the Anchor app. Um, so if you have those, please subscribe. Um, give us a review on iTunes. We can always use five star reviews, nothing less, because we're the best.
0: <laughs> you can give me any star. It's okay. No. At least make it funny. But no, yeah, five is great. Just uh, it helps us a lot, increases our visibility, and all that. Fun stuff.
1: That good shit.
0: That good, good. <laughs> that
1: good, good. How was
0: your week? It was okay. I got a lot done. Working on uh, working on my comics and you know songs here and there and awesome. just living it up.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Same. Just working, doing that thing. We live in the same house.
0: We do. <laughs> like, what have you been up to? I've been on the other side of the house all week.
1: We also kiss. Weird. <laughs> Only from separate rooms.
0: Yeah, we actually have like a bubble barrier that we kiss between. You mm-hmm. can never be too careful with COVID. Yeah. I'm Cooties. in my bubble right now.
1: <laughs> um, well, today I guess we should kind of just jump right into it. I have been losing my fucking mind because um, this topic that we're going to be covering for episode two is... Something that I thought was going to be not only a great topic, but something we could really dive into and... And get into the nitty-gritty.
0: Yeah, you've been losing your mind on this all week. I
1: have. I've been doing so much research. I wrote 11 pages of documentation just for this podcast, just for you guys because I love you.
0: Yeah, (laughs) compared to my research last week, which was like copy-pasted PDF hastily made.
1: We discussed this. Brett, I mean, you're you're incredibly smooth with your information. When you learn something, it's easy for you to kind of, you know... Just, yeah,
0: yeah, I recall it and yeah. explain it poorly. My
1: recall is shit, absolute cockapoo. and so I have to write everything out. <laughs> no, that's good. It. I
0: like it though. I feel like you're super prepared. You I, did. You did let a little slip about the subject today. It is supposed to be a total surprise, but it, it's. I don't think it's your fault because you told me such. A, you gave me such an abstract amount of information. And I'm such an article reader yeah. that I was like, oh, I remember reading an article about that. But 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 for the most part, I don't remember most of the details. I remember the broad strokes of the situation. And I feel like 11 pages worth of research, you're going to give me all kinds of shit. I didn't know about I just
1: never thought there was so much information on this topic. I thought it was just a cut dry mystery and... I didn't think I would have so many avenues to not only go into, but research as well, because there's just so much that's going on in this, in this incident. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And speaking of incidents, our topic and episode is about the incident at Dyatlov Pass. Um, This took, this takes place in Russia in the year of 1959. And are, are you ready to get into this? No. You're not ready? No, I'm ready.
0: I'm sorry, know to things.
1: Well, as we, uh, as we begin, uh, 10 experienced hikers from the Ural uh, Polytechnical Institute of Russia decided to journey the eastern slopes of Kolat-Sikal, which I'll never say that again. Thank God I don't have to because it translates to dead mountain. Um, in the northern Ural region of Russia is where it's located. Um, we start off with our, our main character, we can call him Igor Dyatlov, which is what the pass was named after. Um, he was a 24-year-old radio engineering student. Um, he was he was the one who assembled a group of nine others for this trip, uh, most of whom f- were fellow students and peers at the university that they all went to.
0: Can, can I ask, was this pass named after him after all this it or? was okay
1: yeah it was yeah, i wasn't sure if it was
0: that or like his family like owned some land or some shit and they named it after him
1: no yeah it was uh, because porigar spoiliel- spoiler spoiler that did that's gonna be me this whole Spoiley. episode spoiler alert um he dies yeah. <laughs> so in in memoir of him in memoir that's wrong in
0: memoriam in
1: memoriam of him is that oh, that sounds so weird.
0: They're like, hey, the place where you died horribly, we're going to name it after you.
1: In your memory. Yeah. Um, so each member of the group, which consisted of eight men and two women, were exper- experienced grade two hikers with ski tour experience and would be receiving a grade 3 certification upon their return. Um, at the time, this was the highest certification available in the Soviet Union and required candidates to traverse 190 miles before gaining this achievement.
0: Okay, so that's why they're out there. They're hiking, trying to get their uh, hiking badges. I don't know what they get. Yeah,
1: basically, <laughs> yeah. like their certification. They wanted to be grade 3 um, hiker experience level, and mm-hmm. um, so they were going to... They were going to take this journey and receive their huge achievement, which is a pretty, pretty huge achievement. I mean, yeah. anybody traveling by foot 190 miles through whatever weather conditions. <laughs> our dog is having so much fun in the living room right now.
0: <laughs> She's so mad at that cat outside. Is it
1: it's cat? We have a cat that just, like, walks around the neighborhood and just, like, pisses on everyone's oh, shit. mumble cat. Yeah, mumble cat pisses. Piss rumble machine,
0: Cat. Rumble, Rumble. He oh. likes to rumble. Jesus likes Lord, likes to pee on everything and stare at our dogs until they lose their fucking mind. Psycho. We'll do an episode on him one day.
1: <laughs> the mystery of Rumble Cat,
0: dude. Don't even get me started. That cat's had such a life. You How just long see it has it in he been eyes. living? Probably forever. By the look of him, probably Poor forever.
1: Poor guy. Well, um. Getting Onward. back to Hikers. it. Onward. <laughs> the route was designed by Diatlov's group to research the far northern regions Her. of S- Sverd- Sver- Sverdlovsk Oblast and the upper streams the of the Lazva River. Um, this route was approved by the Sverdlovsk City Route Commission. Basically, this committee was a physical culture and sport committee. So. Yeah, uh, the goal of the expedition was to reach the Otorten. W- was to reach Otorten, which is a like a city, um, amounted six point two miles north of the site where the incident had occurred. This route undertaken in February was estimated as a Category Three trek due to it being the most difficult time to traverse. Uh, meaning these weather conditions. Yes, the weather conditions during this time were extremely icy, snowy, white. As my skin Also conditions. weird, like
0: I understand that, but they're like, Since we can't find a large enough mountain, we're just gonna send you guys into a fucking blizzard and call it even.
1: And I, I mean the the interesting thing is at the beginning of their journey, it was it was just like no, there was no snow that was falling. It was just snow on the ground. Yeah,
0: but that's a pretty long journey, right? You said they were mm-hmm. six miles away from the final destination? 6.2 miles north, That's yeah. not too far. So how does it say how big the entire destination was? Like how much they had already gone?
1: Um, So I don't know exactly how. I think if I remember reading correctly, they had already traveled about two miles to the city or what was it? Nope. There's a small city that they reach prior to getting to their des- to the mountain. Oh, okay. So they kind of like... And we'll kind of get into that. Sorry to burp. Um, but, yeah, they they stop and they get food and stuff like that. And mm. then they take their journey. But um, to kind of introduce our members... And forgive me if I butcher these names. I'm really going to try hard um, just for their the sake of their memory. Um, we have 10 hikers total we have igor Diatlov. he was a male and the at the age of 23 we have yuri doroshenko he was male at the age of 21 um ludmila Dub- dubenina um sh- female and she was 20 uh greg i think his name is gregory but he goes by yuri um krivanoshenko and he was 23 So we
0: got two yuris I'm yes, we Uri, have Yuri Kriv. Well, yeah. Yuri Kriv right there. Yep,
1: we have two Yuris. And then we have Alexander uh, Kolovatov. Kolovatov. Kolovatov.
0: Molotov cocktail.
1: Pretty much. Um, he was 24. Um, Zenaida Kolomogorova. Uh, she was 22. We have Rustim Slobodin. He was 23. Nikolai Bringoles. Brigoles? Brignolis, sorry.
0: <laughs> Some say frijoles?
1: Yeah, obviously. Um, he was 23. We have Simone Ozolotarov. Ozilov- he was 38. And then we have another Yuri Yudin. He was 21.
0: So, popular name.
1: Yes. Yuri Yudin, and what we will come to find out, he's the only person who didn't go on this journey. So we have to start off 10 hikers. He was the one that had to stay behind and we'll get into this. So because this is about to be a load of information, the reason why we know so much of what had occurred leading up to this incident was because of cameras and diaries being discovered at the campsite that shows the actions and thoughts of most of the hikers. So These hikers, you know, they took diaries with them. They were notating nearly every day, mostly the girls, because we like to chit-chat. So there was a lot of that. Um, These were college students, but they were, again, very experienced hikers. So they were extremely serious before venturing out, leaving behind alcohol, cigarettes, and anything that could be a distraction to one another.
0: Well, that's your first problem right there.
1: That's not a problem.
0: Bro, you're in a snowstorm. You got to stay warm. Bring some whiskey.
1: All I'm saying... I mean, that is a good idea. But I think this was... For, for them being so young, I feel like this was a really cool move by them. <clears throat> because they knew... They knew they were about to go to very treacherous land. So... Yeah. I mean... Most of the 20, when I was at least 21, most of the people around my age were like, fuck it, let's get high, we, bring the beer. Yeah, my friends would have brought,
0: <laughs> yeah, my friends would have brought like a sheet of acid, yeah. like a quarter pound of we're shrooms gonna trip. And like, yeah. We're going to trip and
1: we're going to trip gonna and die. We're going to trip back.
0: our way through this blizzard.
1: <laughs> I mean. Onward. They were really, really professional about this whole situation. Um, and they were friends. Um I didn't really find this out until a little bit later when I was, I've been doing so much research. It's just like, there's so many things that I've been finding out, but I did come to find out that a couple of the hikers were dating at one point. Um, and then they, Ooh. and then they stopped dating. Yeah. Hold that. What? Yeah. They stopped dating, but they remained really, really good friends. So this whole group of people this was is like, like
0: the thing meets the grassy. I love it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so <clears throat> here we go so on the 25th of january in 1959 the hikers left on their journey to a village called Vishai. where while while there the hikers ate loaves of bread to keep their energy levels up for the following day's hike Oh, so, the
0: best i love bread energy
1: dude it's the best type of energy especially when you're going into the cold give me some bread and soup and i'm good i mean give me soup any day i'm a soup whore <laughs>
0: You love soup.
1: I fucking love soup. I could eat soup every day and be the happiest little bitch ever. So. <clears throat> oh, what a segue. <laughs> on January 27th, they began their journey toward Gora o- Otorton, And on the 28th, one member, Yuri Yudin, who was suffering from several health ailments, turned back due to knee and joint pain that made him unable to continue the hike. This left nine members to continue their journey. So Yuri Yudin was like, hey, I know I'm only 21, but my fucking knees hurt and I'm going home to that, where it's warm. Hell yeah, that would have been me. Yeah, he was the smartest yeah. dude out of like, all of these white people. Like, let's
0: maybe not do this.
1: <laughs> so on the 31st, the group arrived at the edge of a highland area and began to prepare for climbing. They stored away food and equipment that would be used for the trip back. Um February 1st, the hikers began to move through the pass. From what we know, they plan to get over the pass and make a camp for the next night on the opposite side. But because of worsening weather conditions due to snowstorms and decreasing visibility, I've got DeGrazia in my mind, I swear to God, they lost their direction and deviated west toward the top of Dead Mountain. So, snowstorm comes in, they're like, you know what, let's make a different plan. We need to kind of make a tent and Hunker down for the yeah. night.
0: So was it named Dead Mountain already?
1: Um, yes.
0: I love that. Do that, you? Yeah, that's like being like, hey guys, it's the snow's getting pretty heavy. I think we should stay at Skeletor's Castle tonight. <laughs> let's just, let's go there.
1: <laughs> They're just full of shit decisions. Oh, man. Just kidding. That's I just,
0: I mean, you know, when you're, when you're risking your life like that anyway, I'm not a particularly superstitious person, but... I feel like I would stay away from Dead Mountain.
1: So, because we're talking about this, I just have to get into it. So, the reason why it's named Dead Mountain is because there's a local tribe called the, um, you know, and I, out of all due respect, I don't know how to pronounce it, it's either Munsee or Munsai tribe, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're the ones who named it Dead Mountain. And I'm just saying, any... Any native culture to the land (laughs) who chooses the name Dead Mountain...
0: It's for a good reason. It's
1: for a fucking reason, dude. So, I don't know. Like, all
0: our ancestors are buried under there. Yeah. They're gonna take your soul now.
1: I mean, the Muncie... I'm just gonna say the Muncie tribe because I feel like that's what it is, but um, they basically... They know the ins and outs of this land, whether it's treacherous or not. yeah, yeah any weather condition they hunt they I mean they're all about the land. they hunt, they you know, do animal sacrifices they they're all tied into this land. yeah, so they know it inside and out. What we've come to find out is that they are uh, a pe what we know of they're a peaceful tribe, you know there is hasn't been any history known to man of cannibalism or anything crazy like that Mm. they're just you know one with the land so when the group realized that they had made this mistake they or they had made the mistake they had made they decided to set up camp there on the slope of the mountain dead mountain uh, rather than move a little less than a mile downhill to a forested area that would have offered them some shelter from the weather they Smart. decided to. They decided to camp on the slope of the mountain.
0: And this is where I feel like them being twenty years old plays in, because that's like, yeah. that's like the start of the horror movie, right? Yeah. That's almost like, uh, like you're setting shit up for Jason, except right. Jason is the storm.
1: Someone was going. You know what? My feet hurt so bad, yeah. and I'm hungry, and I just don't want to go. Probably one those anymore.
0: Russian women.
1: Yeah, white people. Whoa. <laughs> So, um, before leaving, Igor Diatlov had agreed with Yuri Yudin that he would send a telegram to their sports club as soon as the group returned to Vizal. This was expected to happen no later than the 12th of February. Um, when the 12th had passed and no messages had been received, there was no immediate reaction as a lot of the time expeditions like this can take longer than expected, um, so, you know, Yuri was like, ah, you know, it might be bad weather. Maybe they're just hunkered down and they'll, they'll come through in, mm-hmm. you know, two or three days. By the 20th of February, the traveler's relatives demanded a rescue operation. Um, there had been, so
0: how many days had passed since they were supposed to be back? Um,
1: 12, 28. So about eight days. 12, 30, 40, 50,
0: 30, 70, 80.
1: Yeah, eight days. Sorry, okay. I'm bad at math. I had a finger. No, no, no. That's a finger I'm, count.
0: Oh, you know, approximations are fine with me. I'm just wondering, like, how long before their family goes, like, what the mm-hmm. fuck?
1: Yeah. So eight days had passed. The seems fam- reasonable. Yeah, the families are going, what the fuck? Let's <clears throat> let's find them. Um. So the rescue, uh, the rescue group consisted of volunteer students and teachers from the institute. Um, To which later the army and militia, which is Russian police forces, Mm -hmm. uh, became involved with planes and helicopters. So first, the first people that went out were students and volunteers Mm -hmm. and teachers. Um, Now, mind you, just to kind of give you an idea of this institute, there's a lot of really, really renowned hikers that go there, um, just like the, the group that we have here. Um, there's a lot of people who are very knowledge, knowledgeable about the land. And so at first I was like, what the fuck? Like people from the school went searching. The police didn't even go. Yeah. Um, but
0: they almost, well, I would say like on, on first thought, they probably do sound more qualified than right. the average person police maybe not a a dedicated search and rescue team but right
1: and they were the sense they were the responsibility of the university at the time so university officials went as well so it kind of was it wasn't as crazy as i had initially thought um so uh i'm just gonna take a hit of this pipe real quick
0: because i want a little bit of weed we don't do drugs in this house our shih tzu doesn't like it
1: yeah, our dog is really offended by. She's the smell so anti- weed. She's so cute though about it. She's just like oh, she yeah. does.
0: She puts up with it. She's like, you guys are burn gonna burn in hell, but I accept you.
1: <laughs> I'll at least be worshipped by God. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna jump in. Um, this is the twenty sixth of February. This is what happens. Search party located the tent that the group spent their final night in. Upon investigation, it was discovered that the tent was cut open from the inside out. So this is our first what the fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, To give you guys a visual, this was a huge tent. It was like a big leather bound heavy weighted tent. Uh, in the inside of the tent, there were two stoves that had pipes that led out of the tent, so that they could keep warm. They could cook. It was a very oh, it was insulated like a legit source. Setup. Hmm. Yeah, it was uh, not something like you know one of us would take out into the desert. Yeah, it be- sounds or more like a like desert yurt
0: or something like that.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, it was long and it had the shape of a normal-looking tent, mm-hmm. but it was fully equipped for them to be able to survive in negative temperatures. So my first initial thought when I heard this was something crazy must have happened for them to cut themselves out of the tent from the yeah, inside well, out.
0: What? How do they determine the the cut is from which direction? Is it just like they, the way the fabric yes. frays or something like that? Yep. Okay.
1: Yeah. So they they did a full investigation and found out that the cut marks in the tent were from the inside mm. out due to the trajectory of the threads.
2: Okay.
1: Um and then let's see here as experienced as the hikers were this would this would have not happened unless something scared the living shit out of them causing them to flee in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So I mean my mind is racing at this point. Like, what could it be? Could there have been, you know, all this- I still
0: got the thing on my brain. I'm just like, one of them started turning. Right?
1: Like, could it have been I a monster? freaking out. Yeah,
0: like those little spider legs were popping Amiens. out of his neck and shit. Everyone's freaking out. Was there
1: a fucking monster in the tent? Was there something in the tent that scared them? So we'll we'll get into this. Banicula?
0: Who knows? Banicula?
1: What is that? That's
0: a Dracula bunny. Oh. Shout out to everyone who remembers Banicula books. Oh, man. I don't know why, where that reference came Benicula from. books? They're books. I, got, You're such a I nerd. got that high that I just remember. it just unlocked that memory.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, this was the only bit of shelter that they had with them. Uh, they were in blizzard like conditions, so whatever it was that sent off their flight or fight or flight mode uh, made them run. Or did they? Uh, most of the group that fled the tent were not wearing shoes. Uh, yeah,
0: so obviously they're like getting comfortable. Yeah. something fucking happens they're, where they're people like, are
1: like comfy sleepy mode yeah and something scared them so bad they not only left the tent but they left not clothed appropriately yeah. for the weather conditions
0: but, All right right away my brain goes they cut themselves out of the tent mm-hmm. Why not go out the normal way if you're running from something That's
1: what I'm saying. like even if it was something scary, you think they would untie the knot or something. Yeah, you think
0: that would be your first um, inclination
2: mm-hmm.
0: Is to like, and I don't know, I, I mean, I'd have to see pictures of this tent, I guess. I don't know if it like zipped mm-hmm. or if it was like, I've slept in one of these before, like a tarp tent right. where there's no side. It's just exposed on the side. Is it like that? Because mm-hmm. that's, you would think the normal reaction would be like, book it out of the exit you can see.
1: Exactly. The nearest exit.
0: Mm-hmm. But they were like,
1: fuck this. Let's go. We have to go now right? So, um, let's see here. So they were dealing again with temperatures in the negative negative thirties. Uh, even more shockingly, all nine campers footsteps were all discovered walking away from the tent. Instead of them being sporadic, as you were running out of sheer fear and panic, the footsteps were discovered walking one by one single file in their bare feet with hardly any clothes on as they slowly began to freeze to death. Yet again in the middle of the night. So when the searchers found them, you can tell um, they they went into this. When people run through the snow, your foot generally drags and causes a bigger footprint.
2: Mm-hmm. When
1: you're walking, they're very uniform yeah. steps, and they're all it it appears to be that they're all
0: walking. All right, you want to know what Scully brain says about that I right t- away? I fucking do. I'm like, someone has a gun on them. That's and what it's I'm saying. Ordering them out of the tent. Right. You
1: know so that's 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 just something that I well here's the thing that is weird to me about that <clears throat> is if it was somebody outside of the tent, they still would have left the tent or were there multiple people that were there
2: mm-hmm.
1: that caused them to at first you know maybe they heard gunshots or something and cut open the inside of their tent to run and found out they were surrounded the tent
0: cut almost feels like a red herring to me or something right. Like...
1: It's so clashing already. It's like, okay, they... Yeah, you would I think mean, when they lo- cut logical
0: open, brain with the information given, like, oh, they were probably, like, attacked by someone. Right. Held at gunpoint, let out into the cold.
1: The other thing that came to my mind was, you know, they were saying it was blizzard-like conditions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if it was blizzard-like conditions, they likely wouldn't have found the footprints. So not only, in my mind, it could have been... Yeah, well, a I guess it depends,
0: because, like... How much snow was there before they stepped in it? How much more did it snow to fill those? They wouldn't have been perfect footprints. They right. for sure would have been at least partially filled in. And when they
1: found them, they were perfect footprints. That's So weird. at night, the snow isn't falling. It probably hadn't fallen for a while after that mm-hmm. because of the fact that this probably happened on, oops, let's see, on the 26th of February. Um. Well, the 26th of February is when the search party found them. Yeah, so this mis- could have happened this. between the time frame of like February 12th or or even a little bit prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for for all that time, there wasn't really a snowfall that was significant enough to co- cover up these prints.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, that's another thing. So they cut themselves out of the tent. They're walking. There's no snow, so there's no immediate danger of I'm just gonna say an avalanche or a snowstorm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So to me, those theories are automatically
0: eliminated. You don't think so? Because okay, I'm just gonna say that the thing I do remember about this reading it mm-hmm. was that's the conclusion a lot of people were coming to was like avalanche makes the most sense. Mm-hmm.
1: If there was an avalanche, though, footsteps would be. That's what buried I'm Yeah, that's what the, I,
0: that, the the whole tent situation is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Like, why are those footsteps there?
1: Also, if
0: it wouldn't we, have, like, why, were, if they would have been buried by an avalanche, why were they all away from the tent? Mm-hmm. You know? The
1: other thing is that um, if there was an avalanche, avalanches, I did research on avalanches in general. Um, when there usually is one and there's forested areas, there's a lot of tree and brush damage, mm-hmm. like a shit ton. Well, there was none here at all. Mm-hmm. So that was very, very interesting as well. So. Another spoiler alert, everyone dies except Yuri Yudin because he decided, you know what? I'm not going, so we're going to get into it. Um, every single one of the deaths at Diatlov's Pass seems incredibly suspicious. The morning of February 27th, search parties set out with full confidence that they would locate the hikers and that they would be located alive. Little did they know... While combing the area in a patch of trees, they noticed something brown sticking out of the snow near a cedar tree. When the party approached the tree, they noticed that all the branches on the lower part of the tree had been broken off as if someone were trying to climb the tree. Remains of an old fire were found under the tree as well. Next to this fire was where the first two bodies were discovered. Yuri Doroshenko is our first victim. Um... He was the first hiker found lying face down in the snow wearing a short-sleeved t-shirt and swimming trunks and two socks with no shoes. His injuries included burns on his head and foot, gray fluid coming out of his mouth. Oh, great. His body was covered in scrapes and bruises, and his ears, nose, and lips were covered in blood. It is speculated that these injuries were self-inflicted and done out of agony as he was freezing to death. The gray fluid coming out of his mouth is typically a sign that the body had experienced a strong force to their chest cavity. This could have suggested that he fell from the cedar tree or that someone else had pressed on his chest with extreme force. His official cause of death, however, was noted as hypothermia and the gray fluid was never noted on the official report. So our first death I found this, you know, interesting because, number one, he's barely clothed. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a tree that's broken with signs that he climbed. Someone climbed the tree. And we have signs that potentially someone fell from the tree.
0: That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like he was going crazy, Mm -hmm. climbed the tree for some reason to shout for help or Mm -hmm. something maybe
1: was he being chased
0: also the barely clothed thing am i making this up or is that something that people do sometimes
1: you're not making this up so um a side effect of extreme hypothermia hypothermia is excessive sweating yeah almost like your skin's burning so something that people have done in history when they are suffering from hypothermia is remove all of their clothes and okay yeah i I thought
0: that was a thing because it was like that's yeah, so it almost sounds like they like started freezing and going crazy,
1: losing their mind. Yeah, right. I I don't know what the point of climbing the tree was. There could have been tons. There could have been tons of things like looking for help. Yeah, or direction, or anything Seeing if like he that. Could see
0: a building or something. Yeah, right. Like a landmark. I don't know.
1: And um, the so <coughs> our next victim is Yuri Krivonoschenko. He oh, was. F- I right know. Away. Boom, boom. <laughs> um, he was found lying next to Doroshenko under the cedar tree. He was found wearing a long-sleeved shirt and one single sock. His body was heavily bruised with multiple cuts as well. Burns were found on his foot, up his legs, and on his hands as well. Inside of his mouth was a chunk of his own knuckle. This may have been done in order to stay conscious or to stop himself from crying. Um, later, the investigation had shown that both bodies had been moved prior to the search and rescue locating them. Other members of the group may have taken the men's clothing in order to stay warm themselves. So yeah. that's something that we find out is, okay, maybe they didn't take off their clothes. Maybe they were removed from the other members Um, in order to stay warm. Yeah, because
0: you got to assume if it was hypothermia related, not everyone's dying at once.
1: One thing that I didn't focus on in the beginning because I was just so dumbfounded by the first two bodies was Mm -hmm. that um, all of the footsteps lead together. So there's a sign of a fire. We have everybody together, but we only have two bodies here. Mm Mm-hmm. So, in my mind, I'm like, if everybody was together potentially, why did only two of them die, and the rest carried on?
0: Well, because if if it is hypothermia related and not everybody's gonna die at once, it's gonna be uh, like a slow process.
1: So my only thing is this wasn't located too far away from the from their tent. yeah, um their tent was very warm and I and you know, uh, insulated. Yeah. So they're running out. Let's assume they're fully clothed. They're not going to die immediately from hypothermia. This is not a fact. This can't, this scientifically cannot happen. Your body has to go through a specific amount of time in order to start During hypothermia.
0: They're not, uh, all dying at once. They're all going through the process at different stages.
1: For sure. For sure. But, but these are our, and I'll just say this: These are our only two victims with burn marks on them.
0: I was also wondering about that. Is the burn like fire burn? The is burn it is fire burn. Type It's not burn? from
1: um, almost a deep frost. What's it called? Frostbite. Frostbite. It's not... Um, I like deep frost. One thing, because I had to do some research, <laughs> uh, because um, when you get frostbite, your actual extremities can turn black because your, mm, your that's skin's done. what I was wondering dying.
0: about. If they're talking about that kind of burn mm-hmm. or like But this
1: a, was an actual fire burn. Fire burn!
0: <laughs> so, but they had tools for making fires mm-hmm. in their little tent, right? So my brain's immediately just going like, Obviously it's fun to think about like a fucking Yeti tearing them apart or something, Mm -hmm. but I'm just like, I think they just all went fucking crazy.
1: The other thing that I'm assuming, because I thought of the theory of all of them traveling together, Mm. maybe they didn't. And this is something that is never told to us. We don't know if the group was separated. Mm -hmm. So very well could have been, you know, maybe Yuri 1 and Yuri 2 were just alone. And they were found later by hikers yeah, trying well, to find their way back to the tent. Yeah, well, they say anything
0: about footprints going down to nope. that area?
1: Nope. They don't. Uh, there There, is, and I'll get to it, there is some of the um, footprints that l- are looking like they're leading back to the tent, mm. but they stop. So nobody, nobody, not one of them ever gets back to the tent. Mm. So um, we'll go to the next part here. So the next body to be found was that of Igor Dyatlov, the one, the leader, mm-hmm. the one they named the fucking the pass about. Yep. The fearless leader. He was found face up with both of his fists clenched and his body had also been clearly manipulated after death.
0: I'll fight you frostbite.
1: You're onto something. Dyatlov had abrasions and bruises on both his ankles. Um, He endured cuts and bruises to his face. He was missing an incisor in his jaw. And the coroner stated that his injuries were consisted of that of a fist fight. His official death Mm -hmm. was hypothermia. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm already thinking confrontation. Mm -hmm. Was he fighting with someone in his group or was he fighting with someone who was trying to take over his group? Yeah, Yeah, Right? So, sad way to die. Felt really bad for him. I saw his death picture, too. He really did have... He just, like,
0: sh- straight up. up. Yeah, Put literally. Up like,
1: he was clenching his fist and died that way.
0: Crazy. That's, that's a man's way to die.
1: This is a man's death.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: So, our next uh, victim is Zenata Kolmogorova. Kolmogorova. Um, she was the first of the women to be found. She was found better dressed than, other, than the others, but one of the sweaters she was wearing had part of its right sleeve torn off. She had abrasions on both of her hands, bruises on her face. Another long bruise was found on the side of her body, which apparently showed consistency to a hit from a baton. Uh, these injuries show a potential sign of struggle, yet her official cause of death was labeled as hypothermia due to a violent accident. Uh, it is likely that Zanata and Diatlov were trying to make their way back to the tent when they both perished.
0: So, all injuries so far, well, I shouldn't say all, minus the burns are blunt force. Mm-hmm. Which kind of reinforces the avalanche thing, but the burn thing is throwing me off. Yeah. But also, like, how reliable is all this medical evidence when you have the people just, like, They all froze to death. Right. They're like they're covered and bruised. This person got the fuck beat out of them. I I thought the same thing. Hypothermia.
1: And I will have to plug somehow the references that I found because I was able to find this wonderful human being who had taken his sweet fucking time with his team and translated all of the autopsy reports, the criminal Mm. or the criminal, um, the police report, the militia reports um, from Russian to English. So we have all of the evidence from the at least the autopsy reports right. that shows, you know, what type of bruising there was, what type of blood pooling there was, um, natural and unnatural things that occurred to the body. Yeah. They really, really went into detail. But something is causing this coroner to go, I'm just going to put hypothermia.
0: Yeah, almost like they're unsure.
1: Almost like they're... And you have to remember, this
0: is also, what, 59, you said? Mm Mm-hmm, 1959. So medical science is a lot different, too, then.
1: Yeah, it was a lot less advanced than it is now. But also, in my personal opinion, and a lot of the opinions from the people involved directly with this, the the search groups, the families involved, they were all going, why did you put hypothermia Mm -hmm. when the evidence is clearly there? Almost as if the coroner was being forced to put hypothermia because of unknown circumstances, Mm -hmm. right? So a week later on March 5th, we discover the body of Rustim Slobodin. Slobodin was discovered face down and covered in snow. He had internal bleeding in both of his temples and a large fracture on his skull. Whatever caused the fracture and hemorrhaging is unclear but medical experts concluded that Slobodan likely survived the injury for up to an hour after the after this had happened. It is theorized that because or that he became extremely disoriented and dizzy and suffered these injuries and collapsed on the ground. While he was still conscious and awake, he died of hypothermia. His body too showed signs that it had been moved post-portum, postmortem, postmortem, postmortem. So, this guy has a huge skull fracture, bleeding to his temples. He obviously got hit with something on his brain. What was it? Who knows? But if we th- if we go back to Zenata, yeah. she has signs of a baton, almost like a baton hit or a stick hit mm-hmm. to her abdomen.
0: Yeah, so... This is cool. I think I understand why this is so popular. Cause like the second you hear all these circumstances, you start imagining what happened to these people.
1: Dude, my dreams have been way too in this yeah,
0: story. Like you, you have to imagine what happened to them, and it changes as it goes throughout. So right now, right now, I'm imagining one of them starts going fucking crazy from hypothermia. Probably Tree Bro,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yuri One,
1: mm-hmm. or maybe beats
0: the shit out of everybody. You know, they try to fight him off, but he fucks everyone up real good, and then they just all walk away in separate paths and die. That's a good theory. Trying to, you know... It'll probably change. That's Obviously, a really there's good so theory. much fucking weird information in this. hmm But that's where I'm at with this now. Is like, one of them went fucking crazy. There was a huge confrontation. Some people got fucked up, mm-hmm. and then they all died.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to this, and there's a lot more, which is why I love this story. There's so much more, like... We're here right now. We're on the same page. But with the information I'm about to provide you, you're going to be like, well, hold the fuck on.
0: Exactly, yeah. Wait a minute. uh, My imaginings, I feel, are going to change real soon. It's
1: about to get fucking crazy, babe. (laughs) So months go by uh, before a member of the Mansi tribe would... Okay, and this is... Okay, here's where it gets interesting. Months would go by before a member of the Mansi tribe would discover a den created by the surviving hikers. So... This den was a final effort of the remaining four to survive the freezing temperatures but was unsuccessful. Our first body that's discovered in the den is that of Ludmila Dubenina. She was found... This is, this is my favorite body. I hate to say it like that. My favorite victim. <laughs> God, I feel so insensitive. But it's my favorite uh, unsolved mystery of a body. I guess I should yeah. say. Ever. I've never had one like this. So... She was found with her body draped over a natural ledge with running water flowing directly next to her body. The tissue around her lips and mouth were missing, exposing her teeth and her upper jaw. Soft tissue was also missing in other parts of her face, revealing her cheekbone in one area. Ten of her ribs were broken, and massive hemorrhaging had occurred in her heart. Both of her eye sockets were empty, as her eyes had been removed. This was not the only feature on her head that was missing. Her tongue had been removed, and it was nowhere to be found. Blood found within the stomach suggested that she was alive when her tongue was removed from her body. Her cause of death was hemorrhaging and to the right atrium of the heart, making her one of the only deaths to officially be ruled as something other than hypothermia. So let's so talk about it. Fucking,
0: well, right away when you're like the eyes, I was like animals. Yeah. Duh. And then you were like the tongue thing. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I just feel like there's a killer. And since them.
1: you brought up animals, I went ahead and did the research for animals that were in, inhibiting that area during mm. the time. We had raccoons. We had badgers. We had squirrels. And we had only, I think it was a brown or black bear, mm-hmm. which black bears are not intimidating in the slightest unless you're next to like a mom and her babies um they're not the type of bear that's going to charge you or run at you yeah this
0: also doesn't sound like one bear doing all that shit to that people
1: also the way that her body was draped over i saw from the um, i don't think
0: anything about any of those sound like a bear no it sounds like very
1: very strange circumstances yeah um the next body was Simon Zolotorov. Uh, he, oops, I hate when I do this. He was, oops, <laughs> I keep highlighting my page
0: like a dumbass. Come on. Scroll on, you crazy diamond.
1: I know, I'm trying. All right, he, okay, so I love Zolotorov as well. He's my second favorite. Um, he was one of the oldest members of the group, which, if we go back here, I believe he was 31. He was, where is it? 38.
0: Wow, yes. so he's the fucking he's Steve a, Buscemi with a skateboarder to the group.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, he, he was one of the oldest members of the group and was found slightly more prepared for the elements than the others. He wore three pairs of pants and he had on a long jacket over his sweater with two hats, a scarf, two hats, right? A scarf and boots. Despite having preparation for the cold, he too perished along with the others. Much like Dumenita, Zolotarov had mysteriously suffered injuries to his chest, resulting in five broken ribs and a flare chest. Which means his chest was like, when, you, when I saw the autopsy yeah. pictures, it was like someone just dropped a fucking boulder on his chest.
0: I love that he was so prepared. He was probably, like, talking shit to him the whole time. You guys should have worn another coat. Yeah. I've been telling you kids this for years. Yeah, and those fucking ribs get <laughs> caved in. They're like, you should have worn another coat. He's from New York. Might have protected you from that.
1: So, yeah, um, I don't know
0: why these Russians are from New
1: York. <laughs> we got New York it's Russians. a Brooklyn Russian. <laughs> um, so, he was, uh... He was also missing tissue along his right eyebrow, which revealed his exposed skull bone. He also had a deep gash in the back of his head, which bled. And get this, he was also found without his eyeballs. Wow. His cause of death was ruled as hypothermia, despite the strange, unexplained injuries that he had suffered.
0: So these ones sound even more fucked up than the other bodies. Yeah. Like... And this is the den. this is the, these are the people that lived long. These are the supposedly. people that
1: survived, bro Like yeah. these, like wow. and their fucking eyes are ripped from their head. their tongues <laughs> cut out.
0: That's pretty fucking strange.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so all right,
0: new theory. All right, hit me. The first Yuri, Mr. Fucking my joints hurt at 21. He didn't go home after all. He followed him. He didn't. He followed him. And he, he might have and killed him
1: he might have I I, I really don't know much more about him but that wouldn't explain the footprints the footprints all lead to yeah there were no
0: footprints of right like another
1: there also aren't any animal prints so you know thinking about images animals coming to scavenge there's no sign of animals coming to the area just theories there's no evidence
0: what about like a bird or something though it's I know 30, I know a bird wouldn't have caused the fucked up injuries, it's but it's 30
1: degrees below zero. There aren't any birds going to be coming
0: out. There isn't. Dude, I don't know about icebergs. <laughs> I don't know how penguins work.
1: <laughs> Dude, there's no penguins in this area. Okay.
0: So birds or Zilch. Alright.
1: <laughs> so to, to kind of go over those two unfortunate deaths, both Zolatorov and Dubanina had suffered chest injuries while they were still alive. Uh, Medical experts concluded that their injuries were caused by a large force and could not have been caused by another human. Their internal injuries were like something you would see from a car accident. But despite this, neither had any bruising or marks where the force would have been hit. This point alone continues to baffle researchers and remains unexplained on how it could even be possible. So we have broken ribs. We have all of this internal shit, Mm. but we have no soft tissue damage to
0: those areas that's weird again because my brain goes avalanche Mm -hmm. but then it's like but they were in a den like Mm -hmm. away from the tent like how far from the tent or a
1: fucking xenomorph
0: or the other place you know what i mean i guess i'm having trouble picturing also how far all these places are away from each other Mm -hmm. and what the timeline was because their injuries make me go like an avalanche could totally do that Mm -hmm. but there's no avalanches can fucking dismember people but there's
1: no evidence of an avalanche Did it just disappear? Hmm. It's not going to melt. It was too cold.
0: I don't know. I don't know how they work. That's what I'm saying. I'm from Colorado. You think I'd know? (laughs) Seen an avalanche in my day.
1: So our next um, victim is Alexander Kolevatov. Um, He was found near the den along with the others. Though not ideal, his clothing was better than most of his companions. However, there were rips and tears found on his jacket and his pants. Along with these rips, burn marks were found on his jacket and socks. Uh, Kolevotov was missing both of his eyebrows, and bone could be seen where they once were. He had a broken nose, and his neck was deformed as if he had broken his neck. A gash was also found behind his right ear. Uh, Despite the clear and obvious signs of a struggle, the autopsy was left vague and concluded that he too died from
0: hypothermia. (laughs) So, how is it looking in the terms of, like, defensive wounds? Did, did they mention, like, a lot of bruises? Like, yes. people are putting up fights kind of thing? Yeah. That's strange. Yeah, I don't know. My brain's just, like... There's a remote chance they ran into someone out there, I guess. So, it's just fucking deranged and, like, whatever.
1: Well, we do have the Muncie tribe that's out there. Um yeah. To me, that sounds a little, like, <coughs> something that... It seems like a racist move, in my well, opinion. Well, just it's
0: like almost like something from a fucking movie. There was like, prior- especially uh, if you can't find any evidence of them doing that. Like people always think like uh, Aboriginal tribes are fucking like right. weird cannibals and shit. But it's like that's like two tribes in the Amazon out of fucking how many in the world? You and know. There
1: was a lot of clashing back then too. I read that there was a story about someone who had perished near the area, and they immediately, without evidence, blamed. A member of the Muncie tribe. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of that. So people's first initial theories was it was the Muncie tribe. And they're like, nah, dog. We're yeah. fucking peaceful. We don't eat humans. Yeah, like I
0: guess that's a possibility, but it's I don't know. It sounds really uh I honestly in my brain though, I think like I'm still almost just picturing someone losing their mind from hypothermia. Mm-hmm. You know, and killing everyone else. But it's hard to put together the timelines, the locations. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the person who killed everyone would have had to travel from the trees to the den to wherever else.
1: Mm-hmm. And there would be footprints. And
0: Presumably, because there were other footprints.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's there's signs Unless that... Unless they
0: only walked in old footprints. You from, know, that old trick.
1: From the police reports, they said they found no footprint. No additional footprints. So that's just something to note. Um, our last and final victim is Nicole Brignoli. Um, Brignoli was found like Zolotorov in a sense that he was more prepared for the outdoor elements. It is believed that both were outside of the tent at the time that the others fled, uh, which would explain why they were already prepared for the cold. Brignoli was found with bruising on his lips and on the lower left side of his face. "'He had internal bleeding in his lower right forearm. "'His skull was fractured "'and cracked all over the left side of his head.' These fractures would have had to been would have had to have been caused by an extremely powerful force, meaning that another human could have not have caused these injuries. They have they would have likely been in a or sorry, he would have likely been in an unconscious state and would have died no more than 3 hours later. His death too was officially blamed by a powerful force that could not have been caused by a human. damage Every single one of our victims has blunt force trauma in some sort of way. Um, They have abrasions. Some of them have their eyes removed, their tongue cut out. Um, The list goes on and on.
0: And so... Yet he's feeling more plausible by the minute. I don't (laughs) know.
1: So it is determined that the last four remaining members of the group had taken clothes from their previously deceased payers, payers uh in a desperate attempt to survive the cold it was discovered that on these clothes you ready for this Mm -hmm. it was discovered that on these clothes (laughs) there were trace amounts of radiation i
0: remember this yeah i remember (laughs) the talk about the radiation
1: yes so there uh there were hold on it was discovered that on these clothes trace amounts of radiation were detected and adding to that Radiation was also detected in the entire area of the, of the Diatlov Pass at the time. It is believed that there is no natural way this radiation could have been found on their bodies, but an explanation as to how it got there has never been offered. As a whole, no part of what has occurred seems to make sense, and so there have been thousands and thousands of theories as to why or what had occurred on that fateful night. So our yeah. last bombshell of evidence is that yeah, on radiation. four on four members, there's radiation. So I did research, and I don't even know how I found this shit, but I found the exact testing that was done on the clothing from these victims mm-hmm. for a radiation test. And I'll go into that a little bit later. Um, but they were saying that the radiation read so high that it was like five... Five points above what the normal radiation level would have been.
0: So then, did they check the area for radiation? I
1: don't have a report on that. I couldn't find anything. Mm -hmm. But from what their report says, is that they detected radiation within the area. Okay. Which now so points to
0: well, okay. So can radiation make someone lose their fucking mind like that?
1: Um, like high
0: concentrated amounts. I'm assuming. I mean, I don't know how it works. I know that's how it works in Fallout, but that might not be too realistic.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think it might be a little realistic. I mean, we have <laughs> we have animals that are from what's that place called?
0: The zoo.
1: No, where the there was like a, a radiation spill.
0: What Chernobyl? Yeah. Oh,
1: look at all the animals in that area. You know, they all got fucked up somehow, some way.
0: Yeah, you never know. Maybe they were on top of some like nuclear waste, mm-hmm. like dump site or something.
1: Mm-hmm. So, we're going to go into these theories. Are you ready?
0: Yes. All right. So, I, our... I was hoping you'd get to that. And I'm sure you have a fucking <laughs> list of theories. I don't, here.
1: I, I pick the top ones because there's hundreds. There's probably
0: so many. Yeah. Like, how many have I had just in the fucking exactly. like, 40 minutes we've been sitting here? It changes every two seconds.
1: <laughs> so, our first popular theory is the Mansi tribe. Um, I wanted to get this one out of the way because I hate it. Uh, one of the first theories to ever come out was that those of the local Mansi tribe had killed the hikers. It goes that a storm had caused the hikers to wander off and ended up on what is now known as Death Mountain. The mountain had come or the mountain was home to the Mansi people and it was theorized That they attacked the hikers when they ventured onto their land. A piece of evidence to show this was the fact that the Mansi Chum, which is a stick formation to make a tent, was found just a few hundred meters away from the campsite. Uh, Supposedly, a chum was a symbolic structure that was created at the time of a sacrifice. I did some research and it's an animal sacrifice. They've never Mm -hmm. sacrificed humans from any evidence or history that we show. Um, could the hikers have been a sacrifice for, or, or what, could the hikers have been a sacrifice, um, due to them stepping on the Mansi land? Uh, there is photo evidence of pictures taken of pillars belonging to the local tribe and history has shown that the Mansi tribe is not always welcoming to visitors. Uh, the Mansi tribe uh, it people. It just
0: sounds so fucking Blair Witch. Yeah. Like,
1: uh, it's just. I don't know. I agree. It
0: sounds like some, uh, like, xenophobic shit. Yeah. Straight um, up. I mean, like, there have been, you know, aboriginal tribes that have killed people in the past for wandering on their land, but it's usually after, like, plenty of warning and shit. They're humans, too, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, they know, they don't want to get in fucking trouble with the outside world. They're not looking to scoop people's eyes out. They don't or...
1: even want to be involved in the outside world. So, yeah. you know.
0: It's, Yeah. I have trouble latching onto that one too much. Yeah. Even the little stick formation, it's like they live in the area, though. You can yeah, probably it's find a lot area. of those, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And you could. So.
1: I, 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 there were more than just one.
0: Yeah, that one seems like, I guess I see why it's in the mix. Because
1: it's close to the area. Yeah.
0: Like, I, I wouldn't even say, but, you know, that doesn't account for the the high force uh, blunt trauma things they were talking about. Exactly. Unless one of them figured out how to build that fucking gun from you no know, country for old men. <laughs> Holy
1: shit. That's a cow killer.
0: Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Fuck that.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what he uses. It's just an air pressure gun. It wasn't even a gun.
0: Yeah, I thought he just built it himself.
1: No, it's like one of those other... He yeah. just put the hole in his head. Anyways, uh, the Mansi people knew this land better than anyone else in the world. Perhaps they could have covered up their tracks and staged the murders in such a way that they knew it would never be solved. This <laughs>
0: yeah, they, they fucking went back over all their tracks with a broom. That was the one guy's job. He just Cover, walks behind Cover it up! Cover it up, Jimmy! As Jimmy Sweeps. <laughs> so they're all still from Brooklyn.
1: This could explain the sudden need to escape from the tent, and they could have been told to walk single-file form from a tribe member. At the end of the day, though, it does not make enough sense, especially for those who had experienced car accident-level trauma. Plus, the idea that they would have to had cover up every single one of their footsteps seems far-fetched. Um, and in regard to the, the Mansi Chum, this was likely, to, likely used as an animal sacrifice, not a human being. Um, it has also been debunked that they had even... That they had never even performed human sacrifice mm-hmm. has sacrifices, so that's that one, which I think is a bust. Our next theory is the avalanche. The next,
0: uh, so this is the only one that makes sense with the trauma for me. Like, so it
1: doesn't actually.
0: It, I've I've heard people can get like dismembered and avalanches and like fucked up in crazy ways. You
1: can, but there's there's been like very very small amounts of people who have experienced that type of trauma mm. from an avalanche and it was it was in an area where massive massive amounts of snow would have crushed them right we got to remember this is snow so it has to be a lot in order to concave your entire chest and rip out yeah, your Yeah, I suppose that I was thinking my, I guess more out.
0: about the force than how much they were mm-hmm. under There's or something tons like that. of
1: reports that I read about due to fractures and broken bones and twisted necks or all or of that stuff. pushing
0: them into the trees or whatever, you right. know what I mean? But Things like again, that. Again
1: we don't have enough at, there's not enough snow. There's no broken trees. And yeah, and I guess their the, footsteps are everywhere. You said
0: the bodies in the dens too, that's weird.
1: Yeah. So, um, this area also is not known for having frequent avalanches. Um, they were camped at the base of a mountain, meaning they would have been in a direct path of an incoming avalanche. Uh, this theory would explain why the hikers would have cut open their tent to run out as quickly as they did. Well, they didn't really run, they walked, as evidence shows. Mm. Um, which also brings me to a theory if a fucking avalanche is coming your way, you're not going to walk single fly all line. You know, well, calmly to a brush so area. Like, you're gonna run for your for life. For sure,
0: but so I'm not. I'm not a footprint expert. But if the snow is deep enough, you know how when you're in deep enough snow, is it still gonna drag, or yes. are you lifting your legs so high? No,
1: when you're running, that a, it's
0: not. You have to think that? of
1: velocity. So when you're running at a full speed and you stick your foot, but in snow the running's
0: different. You're not really at any full velocity. You're almost. You're lifting your knees all the way above They're the not, snow before you go... It's not
1: in snow you know. that can do that much, um, that you need to pick your leg up that much. It wasn't that deep. Yeah. But it was deep enough to show that, like, they did a test to where they put their foot in the snow and ran. Right. And it dragged. It caused bigger footprints.
0: Yeah, I would assume that usually. I guess I just didn't know, like, how deep the snow was.
1: And some of these footprints were barefoot. Mm-hmm. And there was just bare feet prints, you know? So it's just... It's interesting. So um, this has been the widest spread theory that majority of the people like to settle on. However, it is not without issues. So for starters, this does not explain how the hikers experienced such serious injuries. Um, Remember those who had suffered from broken bones showed no signs of tissue damage near their injuries. Uh, This is significant because in an avalanche, uh, if an avalanche had caused a rock to strike them or cause them to collide with a tree, there would have been significant damage to their tissue around their broken bones. Um, At the very least, there would have been major bruising and they would have been completely covered with abrasions from head to toe. Also, there was never any signs that an avalanche had taken place in the area that night. Uh, perhaps the hikers thought an avalanche was coming. Maybe they heard a loud noise and they panicked and cut open their tent to flee. And maybe when they realized their mistake, they walked single file into the woods to find shelter in the trees. But this does not explain what killed the hikers. Yeah. So, that's the avalanche theory.
0: Hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm still kind of on it. I'm still kind of on it just because the injuries. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain this. I don't know, way. dude.
1: Our next theory is your favorite theory. Yeti? The Yeti. What? So, potentially, the hikers camped in the Yeti's territory, and the Yeti <laughs> took revenge. <laughs> um, it is a theory.
0: It's so well thought out.
1: <laughs> the reason it is popular, though, is because the hikers took cameras with them, and there is a photo of an unknown figure.
2: Ooh.
1: Um, I do not want to call it a man or a creature, because I truly don't know what it is, but in my opinion, it looks, it looks... Um, closely. It looks like a bearded man with camel pants on and no shirt. Mm-hmm.
0: Um
1: but the photo is very very fuzzy. Like, so th- that's
0: a yeti. They're like that's Bill.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. Um the interesting thing though is that uh Yuri yudin took a look at the picture and he can't uh, like he cannot identify anyone in the group. But the picture's fuzzy. So he knows his friends but at oh, the same but he time, can't tell
0: them apart in the picture. Yeah,
1: he can't tell who this would have been if yeah. it were someone from the camp. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of creepy. So this figure is next to a tree in a forest covered in snow. Um, the obvious evidence that there was not a Yeti is that there are no footprints other than the hikers. Um, this also doesn't explain any radiation being on the hikers clothes. So unless we have radioactive yetis (laughs) running around in the Russian.
0: New band (laughs) name.
1: (laughs) Radioactive yeti. Ugh. Yep. All right. So our next theory is aliens.
0: (laughs) It always has to be there, right? Well. The radiation. I know that's probably. There's more. Alien comes. There's more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I thought the same thing. I was like, fucking aliens. But (laughs) Um, the next and creepiest theory is aliens. Bright lights were seen overhead of the Diatlov Pass on the night of the incident. Local Mansi hunters claimed that the lights looked like glowing spheres that matched the description of a modern-day UFO. Zolotorov's camera was found with extensive water damage, but the film within it was eventually developed and would showcase something strange it shows that he was trying to photograph some sort of light source in the night sky. Uh, This could very well have been due to the damage of the camera being in the condition that it was. Uh, Believers of the UFO theory see this as an indication that Zolotorov was photographing UFO moments before the hikers fled their tent. Remember, Zolotorov is thought to have been outside of the tent before the hikers yeah, and fled. these are the
0: last photos in yes. the, the roll or whatever also
1: zolotorov was found deceased with a camera around his neck so this is oh
0: okay so yeah he was taking those real recent okay right
1: and i did look at the order of the photos from his camera and the last photos are that of these orbs at mm. night so it's very very interesting um Maybe this unidentified light form began coming after the hikers and caused them to flee. Uh, people believe the UFO made the hikers go into a trance-like state and walk down the hill in single-file form. This would explain the radiation and the fleeing, and it may potentially explain the injuries endured by the hikers. So, this is to me, this is a theory that I cannot say yes or no to. I can't just be like, nah, it wasn't that, because blah, blah, blah. It's hard
0: for me to picture it, though. Okay, so let me set the scene.
1: Zolotoro. UFO,
0: UFO lands. Guys Zolatora. taking pictures. He's like, oh, shit, Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> Spaceship. And he's like taking pictures. All right, UFO lands. The beings come out, and they're like, get out of the fucking tent. Single file. Everyone gets Actually, out of the tent. Actually, I'm Single sorry. Single file. No, they would have been like, meet Oh, meet and they just understand they're like he told me telepathically with his brain I need to get the fuck out and they walk single file they get close enough to the alien and they're like we got radiation now you didn't tell us you had radiation bro the alien (laughs) jealous and hurt in his feelings just punches the fuck out of him he's got like Kryptonian strength
1: maybe he's got a thunder blaster just in a moment
0: of rage with his thunder blastered hand cannon takes them all out (laughs) horrible about what he's done, hops in the ship, onto the next galaxy. That's the theory we're talking about here.
1: Is that what you believe?
0: That's how it played out in my head. Exactly like that.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe... You know, Zolotorov is like, oh, shit, the UFO, and takes a picture of it. And then everybody's like, did you say UFO? And they're like, la, And they start opening up the tent. And then... and start
0: cutting it up. They start cutting it up. <laughs> they cutting it up. <laughs> they're so excited to see a UFO. Yeah, they're
1: like, we gotta fucking see this. Fuck the tent.
0: Fucking Yuri number two, like, knocks a pot over and starts a fire oh my god what if it was like all the theories at once
1: Like <laughs> yeti runs by fucking yeti runs by in and spaceship. just knocks one of them out yeah. yeti's like my ride's here <laughs>
0: it's the only thing that can explain it all right i derailed you so hard i'm sorry no what, what's uh what's another so popular theory our
1: next theory is psychological madness So, many believe that there was a strange psychological event that occurred between the hikers. Those have paired this theory with paradoxical undressing. This is a phenomenon when a person's suffering from hypothermia, yet they feel as if they are overheating. This burning feeling causes the person to remove all their clothing in an attempt to cool down, and this then ends up killing the person even quicker. This was initially used as the likely cause of the hiker's death, as it explains so many were improperly prepared for the hike. The extreme effects. Sorry, I thought she was gonna puke. Our dog, sorry. The extreme effects of hypothermia could have caused the hikers to hallucinate or hear things and thus flee from a non existent threat. On surface level, this could explain a lot, but digging deeper, this theory can be discredited. Uh, The remaining four hikers took the clothing from their already deceased peers. Also, a fire was found by the first two hikers. There were signs and evidence that the hikers were actively looking for warmth and trying to stay alive. This also does a crappy job of explaining the injuries that the hikers endured. Um, Unless their minds made them turn on each other, but then how would you explain the radiation?
0: Yeah, well... Yeah, see, there's just too many little things. Because that actually does make a lot of sense, aside from the injuries and radiation. Mm -hmm. Because, again, they're not all going to go crazy. Every human is different. They're all having different reactions to whatever level of hypothermia they're probably in at that point.
1: I just think, though, that if one person is suffering from hypothermia and is going crazy nine people or eight other people would be able to subdue that one person and they would have stayed in their tent or tried to get back to their tent or something.
0: I don't know. Maybe they got fucking like psycho strength.
1: This one's pretty cool too because it still falls in the category of the psych- psychological theory. Um, so another theory is that of the frequency winds being blown in the Dayatlov Pass. Um, this is called Carmen Vortex Street. This ultra low frequency is said to cause panic attacks to many of those who experience it. Um, maybe the hikers heard this and fled their tent due to the paranoia. Down the mountain, they may have realized their mistake, but it was too late. This does not explain the gruesome injuries, however. Uh, all of the hikers, for all of the hikers to experience the same psychological phenomenon and for all of them to react the same way, seems incredibly unlikely. Yeah. So. This is one of my favorite theories coming up here. So, uh, the Soviet coverup, uh, one of the greatest theories is that the Soviets covered up this event, this event was covered up or this event could have been covered up by the Soviet union for, Oh, I'm sorry. This event was, was covered up by the Soviet union for nearly three years after it had happened. Once it was finally revealed to the public inconsistencies in its reporting and its autopsies were heavily prevalent. Um, Much of what we know about this case from the earliest Soviet reports, meaning that they could have misconstrued the information of the case in such a way that they knew no one would ever discover the truth. Um, But if this is true, then what could they have been hiding? Uh, Going back to the theories, they would have wanted to cover up UFOs or Yeti. Uh, Potentially the military could have come in after knowledge that they had encountered these things. One one personnel from the search party claimed that they were uh, there were military-shaped boot prints in the snow with the nine hikers' single-file trail. This could indicate that the hikers were ordered down the mountain by a member of the military, and from there the group was taken care of. Uh, the cover-up could have also been for a more probable theory. This event took place during the Cold War. Uh, Russia was very obviously trying to develop new and powerful weapons, And for these weapons, they would typically evaluate them in a remote and desolate region, much like the area of the Dyatlov Pass. Uh, Maybe Russia was testing nuclear weapons in the area, and at the time, the hikers had moved their way in, and when it went off, and when something went off, it, it terrified the hikers, causing them to run away from their shelter. Potentially, these weapons could have struck some of the hikers and caused the... Uh, They're strange and terrifying injuries. It was even confirmed that rockets were shot at the direction of the Dyatlov Pass from a military group somewhat near the area.
0: Okay, so that's interesting because, like, that's maybe one of the only ones that it covers a lot of bases. hmm Like, if there was radiation found on them,
2: mm-hmm. there's clear radiation.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I guess depending on how close the blast zone is, mm-hmm. the injuries. Yep. Like that, I think a bomb being set off close enough to it you could fuck con- you up physically. It like could that. rip yeah. you in
1: half, let alone concave your. Yeah, yeah. Chest so like
0: cavity, you know the the sonic force from that or whatever. That actually that almost explains more than
1: mm-hmm. you know. So here's here's the here's the interesting thing about that theory though. <clears throat> so when there's nuclear blasts or explosions or anything like that, there's usually what's called wind. I'm just going to call it wind damage because I don't remember, but the tops of trees would usually be damaged. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, even, uh, fast planes and stuff like that have been known to cause things like that, but there's no evidence of that. There's no evidence of any other damage except what's done to the tent and done to the victims. So we don't know. Mm. Um, Evie, no. So uh officials denied that the rockets would have landed anywhere close to the group. Um a Soviet cover-up seems entirely possible, but we still will never have an answer. So
0: This episode of Molly Scolder is brought to you by Silly Cream. Silly Cream. Are you tired of creams that don't have a sense of humor? Are your bones funny bones itching? Are your other bones itching? Get some silly cream. You could slather it on mostly anything.
1: Put it on your junk. Put it in your mouth. Stick it in your eyeballs.
0: We don't really know what this stuff is for. This was developed by Todd James Sr. Jr. over at uh, Silly Cream Industries. He was sitting there one day and he had a dream. He said, you know what? This cream needs to be silly. <laughs> and uh, we don't really know what it does, but you put it on the windows or something
1: cover cover yeah cover up your windows and keep the keep the light out
0: keep the light out and the smiles on with silly cream right now a special offer for our listeners you'll get two tubs of silly cream for only 98 dollars only 98 only 98 well 98.99 okay so 99 dollars
1: still an excellent deal I'm laughing already. It's a
0: great deal. All you got to do is visit www.sillycream.gov.tod.gov.gov <laughs> <laughs> .gov. And get yourself two tubs today. Silly cream. Stay silly. Cream it. Cream it. Okay.
1: All right. So um, we're going to be discussing fact before fiction. Um, I've kind of gone over some little facts that I've obtained and things that I was thinking about throughout the, you know, storyline that we just went through Mm -hmm. um the first thing that i notated was frostbite um like i said earlier frostbite can turn the skin black when in severe cases the skin will darken and the body part affected initially dies um this could explain some of the burn marks on the victims who were not directly burned by the fire they had created so i just i wrote that down but Then I found out that the fire was directly the fire burns were directly a cause from fire burns. Yeah. So it was just. But they
0: had started a fire, right? And it seems like the two that were burned were by the fire, correct? Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also later, some of the things that we find out, or that I picked up on, is that um, one of the victims was wearing a jacket that had tear marks in it. Um, it had burn marks on it. Mm-hmm. So what I had thought of was, is that that person by the cave who had deceased took clothing from the guy who climbed the tree and fell. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that could explain some of the tears in his jacket and the burns <coughs> from the fire, things mm-hmm. like that. Which also leads me to believe that those two, in the be- both Yuri's in the beginning, died alone. Like, I feel like they were separated somehow from the pack. Or from the pack. <laughs> from the wild pack of Russians.
0: What pack of Russians?
1: <laughs> um, but That's yeah. It's just
0: a pack of Russians. Don't mind them.
1: I, ju- I don't know. I just kind of maybe feel that. but It doesn't explain it. They still could have all been together and he still could have fallen and maybe died. Also, the guy who fell had like a concave chest. I mm-hmm. thought potentially... They didn't say that that was done by a force, not by a human. I was thinking maybe one of his friends was trying to do chest per- percussions on him and broke his sternum.
0: Yeah, because that one didn't sound as bad as the others, mm-hmm. I guess, because they were they said it, right? It could have been caused by a fall from the tree.
1: Yes, and then what... Um, so they that ca- sounds
0: like maybe less force than the other ones. The other ones, right. they make it sound like it was a fucking Yeti. Right. Like.
1: And another thing that you see in cases where people's chests are broken due to CPR is fluid from the lungs. Mm-hmm. And in his, in one of the Uri's bodies, um, he had gray fluid that was coming out of his mouth, but it was directly from his lung. So I was thinking oh. maybe someone tried to do That's sweet, CPR. That's
0: porridge.
2: Yeah.
1: What? Don't ever <laughs> say that word. That's like the devil's word. Who the fuck invented porridge? Hey, mom, can I have some porridge? Yeah, Billy, why don't you go I don't fuck know, you yourself? Just,
0: just sometimes medical imagery makes me uncomfortable, and I gotta, make, I gotta make myself twice as uncomfortable to diffuse it. Does that make sense?
1: I don't know. Maybe you could just said gray soup.
0: <laughs> it's lumpy in my brain.
1: It's not lumpy. Yeah. It was gray and foamy and fluidy. Wow. Here you go. It's pretty
0: fucked up, though. Okay, well, that explains some things.
1: Mm hmm. Our next uh, topic would have been radiation and avalanches. So, um, fun fact: most avalanches occur spontaneously during storms under increased load uh, due to snowfall and/or erosion. Um, the second largest ca- largest cause of natural avalanches is metamorphic changes in the snowpack, such as melting due to solar radiation. Um, solar radiation is basically just sunlight. Uh, it is a term for the electromagnetic radiation emitted by the sun. Solar radiation is very likely, uh, to have been absorbed by the weather conditions at the time of the incident. Thus, this type of radiation would not have been able to be absorbed by the clothing worn by the hikers. So I felt this was imperative, to kind of explain, because if people do research on avalanches, a lot of avalanches are actually caused by like solar radiation mm-hmm. and um, tectonic plates moving, things like that.
0: Yeah, but you you would gotta think like. Solar radiation would not stick to their clothes, their persons, in an amount that would probably alarm you.
1: Right. And think about how
0: long a person can sit in the sun. We don't carry those amounts of radiation on our clothes all day. Exactly.
1: And the conditions during the time were that of blizzard like weather. um You know, what occurred, what happened to them happened at night when Mm -hmm. they escaped from the tent and ran. uh, Escaped. I'm just gonna say. I don't. I keep wanting to say ran, but they really didn't run.
0: Escape from New York.
1: Um, the other thing that's so so interesting is L- Zolotarov's second camera. Um, Zolotarev had a camera around his neck in the photos that were taken of him. Yuri Yudin assumed the group had only four cameras that were found in the tent, but this fifth camera was a complete surprise to him. Yuri Yudin was the guy who didn't go, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, the camera was also around Zolotarev's neck when he died, but water damage had ruined the film inside. The question that lingers though is why did Zolotarev leave the tent with the camera and why did he take two cameras on the trip? One was used on a daily basis, and everyone saw it. It was left in the tent and discovered there by the search party, but another was hidden throughout the journey and was found on him only after he died. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of weird to me because, number one, he's the oldest guy. Number two, a little look into his history, he was like... he I believe he worked on some type of equipment. Um, he was an ex-war veteran, um, but he had worked with, like plutonium and you know stuff within the university they
0: found one camera on his person
1: yes they he he brought brought two and others in his
0: belongings yeah like in the tent or whatever yeah
1: they weren't just his they other cameras belonged to other people but he was only thought to have had one camera and surprise surprise he had another so
0: which is the camera that they were able to get the footage out of then the, the all on of them. him? Oh, okay. So they were able to get the water damaged with stuff. Some of it.
1: Some of it, yes. Okay. Um, most of it was damaged due to water, um, but the one around his neck... Or You know what? Cause, well, cause... No, no, no. I'm so, I'm so sorry. The one around his neck was not able to be developed.
0: Okay, because I thought that's what that just said, too. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I just wanted one... some clarification on that, because...
1: My bad, yeah.
0: Yeah, my brain would have been like... You told me there were photos of mm-hmm. them, so, like, they would have seen that camera when they were... Right. They would have seen both if that camera had that footage on. Okay, that clears that up.
1: Yeah, and that's another thing is, like, did he, while people were running, did he grab another camera? Because mm. he was like, holy shit, I gotta, I gotta capture this. I and have to grab have evidence. just the first,
0: you know, the first one he could. Right. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> um. The next is the radioactivity report. So at the time this report was taken, the MVD, which is the version of the police, and the KGB were the two organizations investigating the incident at the Love Pass. While one was dedicated to solving crime on the private citizens level, the KGB was involved with top secret missions of the state state level. We do not have physical evidence of the KGB being present in the investigation, and we wouldn't because it's the motherfucking KGB. (laughs) KGB. KFC um so or I put radioactivity report but um oh no no sorry there's more in here so in regards to the victims um the victims were private citizens uh MVD with prosecutor Ivanov Ivanov yeah so the private or the prosecutor was Ivanov in charge and conducted with the investigation from our reports many of the facts presented were ignored by Ivanov many witnesses complained to him for ignoring their statements and throwing away evidence Yuri Yudin the only member of the Dyatlov group who did not make it to the Dyatlov pass made several claims that Ivanov was purposely ignoring the facts to him Ivanov, for example, ignored words from some of the search party who claimed they saw military-type boots on the slope of the mountain. Uh, Mansi natives that drew balls of lightning over the Dietlov Pass on the night in question were also shoved aside. Their drawings were destroyed, although Yuri Yudin claims he had seen them. The list stacks. Interesting. So the prosecutor in charge with the MBD, which was the militia, police... Well,
0: and I mean... You know, I don't know how much of this is just like our American view of Russia, but you know, they're they're pretty known for being like fucking hush hush. Mm-hmm, that about communist shit. life. Yeah. yeah. those communists. Those commies. Those, those dangerous commies. Um, always hiding things. <laughs>
1: The next thing is the KGB operation. Several witnesses were questioned by other people in civilian-type clothing, but were told to address as a representative from the KGB would be addressed. Officials on the regional level and in the UPI University made it blatantly clear that students and all participants in the case should cooperate with these men. So these men showed up in civilian-type clothes, but the, um, the university told them, you have to answer their questions, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe that they were members of the
0: KGB. Yeah. They
1: wouldn't come right out and say it. They were a secret society, basically. You well, know?
0: they're um, uh, Russian Secret cer- secret, no, not, is yeah. it secret Service or like CIA kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like their central intelligence version.
1: Exactly. Something like
0: that, yeah. but um,
1: So I found that really interesting because... You know, their statements aren't being taken seriously. Blatant evidence from the tribal members Mm -hmm. are presenting them balls of light in the sky, which could be nuclear activity.
0: Yeah, weapons. Or aliens. uh, this is right around when we're trying to, you know, the moon race is like probably starting right now. So, yeah, I'm saying like probably launching satellites and shit like Mm -hmm. that. Yep. Um yeah, there's there's a lot of crazy things that could be that they would probably have some reason to like not talk about.
1: Exactly. Um, The next topic is radioactivity. Um, With this topic, as soon as preliminary reports were made available, KGB had to be involved in the case. We do not know whether KGB was involved in the deaths of tourists, but we can, with great degree of certainty, assume that they had to get involved once the investigation received the results of the physical analysis. We do not know why it was done and usually would not have been normal during a murder case, but it was done anyway. Some have suggested that someone knew that the tourists were carrying tainted clothes prior to their journey, possibly working with plutonium. This could have been possible from their job exposure. So.
0: But how would they get exposed to that? You said only the main guy.
1: There were four people in the university in that group Mm -hmm. that were working their job at the, or their studies at the university. Oh, okay. Could, uh, okay. So included they included yeah, yeah. research they, they on possibly plutonium, could have
0: been nuclear stuff, exposed to that stuff.
1: Yes. Um, so was it
0: only found on their clothes, or every single body had that radiation? Only four on? people. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Not all of them.
0: See, that's my Scully moment right there. I'm yep. like, that's where the radiation came from.
1: Right. Yeah. These guys like...
0: fucking handling their plutonium like Homer Simpson in the opening credits <laughs> and shit. <laughs>
1: Uh, the next thing is the dates. So um, the dates that end the physical analysis are extremely important. On May 27th, we get the first preliminary results of the criminal investigation. Several items of clothing give presence of high doses of radioactivity. Any prosecutor in their right mind would have sent officials back to the Dietlov Pass along and along the pass that the tourists took. Instead, Ivanov closed the case the next day on May 28th. Curious as the case had just taken an incredibly extraordinary turn. Mm-hmm. So Ivanov is just like, Nah, we're good. They died. Avalanche or something. Yeah. We're good.
0: Yeah, which makes it sound like they probably passed it off to some other KGB agency that's not going to mm-hmm. talk about it. The
1: KGB is calling. <laughs> um, let's see. Another topic about radioactivity. Um, radioactivity was found on four victims. Kolotov, Zolotorov our 38-year-old 30, man, uh, Brignoles and Dubenina. The radiation observation was executed by chief radiologist Livashov between May 18th and May 25th of 1959. This is really interesting material that I took down here. Uh, tests show that the type of radiation found on the clothing articles were that of beta radiation. Alpha particles and gamma rays are not detected, and the radioactive material was that of a substance. So this did not come from, like, sun rays, mm-hmm. uh, basically, is what that's saying. Yeah,
0: it came from something like I don't, like plutonium. Would right. that give them that? Right, okay. yes.
1: So um, these are questions to the expert of importance. So um, these were questions being asked to... Uh, I forgot his name. I don't see his name here. Levishov, sorry. So one of the questions is, once the clothing was pressure washed with extremely cold water, did the presence of radioactivity diminish? He said, yes. That's what led them to the thought of this this is a substance mm-hmm. or particles. Um, and that's what they do, basically, is if something is contaminated to a level, they'll pressure wash it with like intense, freezing cold water yeah. to see if the levels go down. Uh, the next question is, can we assume that the clothing is contaminated with radioactive dust Um, Levishov answers, yes, the clothes are contaminated either by a radioactive dust that fell from the atmosphere or the clothes were exposed to a contaminant while working with radioactive substances. This contamination exceeds, as I have already pointed out, the rate for persons working with radioactive substances. Um, And this was this information was provided from a chart by exam by the examiner showing what the normal radioactive rate would be versus an abnormal rate. Mm-hmm. So, what he concluded is, is yes, it could have been something they were working with, but mm-hmm. it also could have fallen from the atmosphere. That was
0: an, an interesting one. Like, does that actually happen? Like, like, I don't from know. From nuclear weapons, particles yes. fall from the atmosphere mm-hmm. and like just dust people. And, if, you, uh,
1: if you think of the bomb of Hiroshima, radio radioactivity lingered. For years, it's probably still there. Well, yeah,
0: but I I guess I've just never heard about that, like, it, um, I don't know, falling out of the sky?
1: What they mean by that is that if something went off, the the radiation could have baited them. Yeah. And it kind of... Oh, you're saying,
0: like... Even something sort of distant, yeah. like again, like weapons testing.
1: Yes, which kind of would I- explain, like at first they're all running. You know, they get it's separated. It's such an
0: extreme coincidence that they work with uh, these people work with nuclear materials or whatever,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then they end up being the ones with it on their clothes.
1: Yeah, and these four with the with the ra- <laughs> excuse me with the radiation on them mm-hmm. were the four by the cave. It wasn't the other people, which were the four that survived, which means something else could have happened later, Mm-mm. like an explosion or a nuclear weapon or something like that that killed them all.
0: Yeah, it's, I guess it's just interesting, like, you wouldn't, I don't know, the, the fact that they worked in an environment mm-hmm. where they could have picked up radiation that way, mm-hmm. but it's just, that Occam's razor, it's just like, that's probably where they got it from in my brain. Maybe. Maybe.
1: Uh, let me see here. So, um, this is the last thing I have here and it's, it's far fetched and it's, it it, it doesn't go into full explanation, but this is my theory.
0: Space wizards.
1: Um, my personal theory is that someone or multiple individuals in the group took something with them from the university, Mm. some type of radioactive thing or material. Um, I have thought about theories as to what, what they could have brought, potentially a camera that ignited something radioactive and one of the nine hikers had control of or possession of, um, potentially as a weapon to test out on other individuals. Um, be it Zolotov
0: fucking sinister.
1: Yeah. Uh, this could explain them using this either outside of the tent, uh, possibly Igor, could have been the one fighting them off as he was found with his fist clenched and could explain his fight-like injuries. Um, maybe two of the men, Doroshinko and Krivinashenko, first initially ran into the forest and climbed a tree, and the perpetrator set a fire underneath them, causing them to fall and sustain life-threatening injuries and burns to their skin. Um, Possibly the person in charge at this point ex- instructed the hostages to take the clothes of Doroshenko and Krivanashenko and keep moving. This could have been over a love triangle, uh, also a rage of Ooh. jealousy.
0: Oh, oh, you planted the seed way back.
1: Yeah, i am um, ca-
0: waiting for this. Uh,
1: causing one of the last that four gossip. Yeah, so a rage of jealousy causing one of the last four to remove the eyeballs and tongue from Dubenina and Zolo- Zolotarov, Maybe, just maybe, the killer.
0: Oh, because they're the, they're the only ones that have that. Yeah,
1: Alexander Kolotov killed Zolotarov in a fight to the death and was also wounded to the point of dying himself. So he removed Zolotov's eyes Along with Dubenina's, killed Brignole and Im- inevitably died from his injuries of in, uh, his injuries and in hypothermia.
0: And you thought my space yeti theory was outlandish?
1: I don't know. I mean, like in my now,
0: well, parts of that all make sense because those are all places I visited in my head too. I feel like at certain points
1: we do have a i, so you I wish have, i knew they, who those it was. two people
0: used to date I'm i don't said. know who
1: it was i should look that up because that was later evidence that i found before i went to bed last night and i was like holy shit um let's see here did
0: was all... i mean that still doesn't explain a whole lot but like i i love that uh, extra layer in there like murder mystery
1: It's gonna be hard to find because I I don't know.
0: Ah, that's okay. You know what? We'll just we'll just say it was a love triangle. Honestly, we solved it.
1: <laughs> we figured it out, guys.
0: Maybe it was a love square. Maybe that's all those aliens wanted. Fuck. And they they just like, wanted a fuck party. They just party? wanted to fuck, and we <laughs> stupid humans were just like, "Eh."
1: There's just so many theories. Maybe
0: they did fuck, and that's where the radiation came <laughs> from.
1: Oh my god. I really do think, though, like these four last people had radiation on them and nobody else did. I personally, I like my theory. It's fun. It's creative. Mm -hmm. It's scary. But also the big the biggest explanation that I can think of is that they were lab rats in a test zone Mm -hmm. and they were basically used to see how these Russian weapons were going to work on human beings. All right, we tested on animals. Now let's get some human subjects.
0: I don't know. That's pretty sinister because that's like they would have had to lure them there or know they were going to be in the area. I'm not so far forward with that. Their but.
1: university was directly tied to the Communist Party. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were directly working with the military, the high up military with nuclear weapons every single day. To me, it is not far fetched to, to find out that, hey, we found out we've got a group of people going. Let's just have Igor lead the way and have him drop out last minute so he can make sure they start their journey.
0: I don't know. To me it feels more like if it was that probably accidental and then they just went into like Oh, that's shit so true. Mode.
1: Yeah, know? it could have been like fuck, like, we didn't know people were coming on this day when yeah, we were like doing nuclear testing.
0: Up. Fucking, you know.
1: Yeah. We can't have any witnesses that nobody, leave no one alive. Yeah, I think
0: there's definitely an air of shadiness. Even if it's not as glamorous as our brains are going to, it sounds like there's definitely a little bit of... um, involvement from someone who knows a little more than the general public
1: yeah and the fact that Ivanov the the leader of the militia that was assisting in the searches he just discredit discredits everything and says we're done Mm -hmm. like he's almost afraid himself to continue because he knows if he does he could get in trouble because he's he's trekking in it sounds
0: like he probably got an order from the top you know someone above him like you're done? And also, like, the okay, fact that the
1: Soviet Union kept this hush for three years before releasing it to the yeah, public. Yeah, strange.
0: It seems like, um, I would guess they probably have more on this than they're letting on. Mm-hmm. Probably a few pieces of it. If they don't have it completely figured out, they at least know something the public doesn't. Most likely.
1: I really, really wanted this to be aliens. I really did. But to me, like, we the balls of light... to be aliens, <laughs>
0: let's be honest. The
1: balls of light in the sky and stuff like that really to me point mm-hmm. to like Bleh. nuclear weapons or something like that or you know yeah. weapons in general and the mansi tribe just being like huh, yeah what is this we don't have an explanation so they drew balls of lightning
0: great balls of lightning
1: yep balls of fire last episode i know i was trying to tie it nice segue. we'll get to
0: all the elements eventually
1: so what do you think what do you think about i this? think
0: this was a great one this was uh, exactly the flavor of this podcast. Did I, think. I keep
1: you on your toes?
0: <laughs> I don't have toes left. I'm right <laughs> off. That's how in the story I was.
1: Well, I hope you guys liked it. It really, really, like, bent my mind in every way that it could bend. I Yeah, this is
0: a good one for everyone, I think, to dive into and do mm-hmm. their own reading and research and just let your imagination run free. Yeah. You know?
1: I, I had a lot of fun with it, and I still, now I want to watch, like, a, I feel like, even if, I, now, now because I did, like, more research than any YouTube video I've ever seen out there on this subject, I don't think I'd find a fucking documentary on it that would even touch base. I'm, I might find you, out you some You probably won't things. hear anything
0: new. Like, let's be honest, at this point, Yeah. we probably won't hear anything new, but as these things, as you know with these things, like... Oh. Every few years, a new inf- a piece of information can come out.
1: One thing that I did want to touch base on is Dubonina. So we know that her eyes were removed. We know that she doesn't have a tongue. And the the skin around her lips is gone exposing her teeth, right? Mm-hmm. So I, th- I really thought about this one because I was like, someone cut her whole shit up. Like mm-hmm. they just took shit and left. But then I started thinking she was found... Um, submerged partially in water like running water it was melting water from Mm. the the area that she was in um but what i was thinking is maybe if her face was submerged um the tongue and eyeballs are soft tissue so there could have been like organisms in the water that ate ate them Mm -hmm. There was no evidence of her That was better than my theory.
0: I was like, maybe she got her tongue stuck to like the top of the ice lake, like the boy from the Christmas story.
1: Stupid. (laughs) She
0: tried to get it off and just fucking the whole face went.
1: It's just crazy. I wish though, well, the autopsies didn't say anything about any body parts being in their bodies. Because I thought about that too. Like, fuck, maybe they were just like, let's eat it.
0: No, I thought she swallowed her tongue maybe, Mm -hmm. but that probably would have come up.
1: Yeah, no, the, the, whatever happened, see, that's the thing that's interesting is even if there were organisms that were eating her tongue, she wouldn't have had blood out into her stomach the way she did. Mm-hmm. The way they described it is when the tongue was removed, it was while she was alive.
0: Probably swallowing. Right. Yeah.
1: And the, the blood was yeah that's what I'm thinking Like, to like, her did stomach. She bite?
0: My first thought was like, did she bite it off mm-hmm. and swallowed it? But they probably would have found like a piece of tongue or something. something. Well...
1: And then I'm like, to, to me, I, I know I'm still going, but I just have to say, like, to me, it sounds personal when you cut a bitch's tongue out. So that sounds personal yeah. to me. If it were KGB, they just would have been like, you know, thunder gun dead. Yeah, yeah. But her fucking tongue was cut out. Her eyes were removed and Kolotov's eyes were remo- removed. And yes. Kolotov was not, his face was not submerged in the water.
0: Well, I think we solved it. Jealous alien slash yeti slash uh, boyfriend hiker boy.
1: I think it was. It's one of
0: those, or all of them.
1: Or radioactive, or I don't know, Zolotov. Zolotov is my, my boy for being like a really interesting character. He's the oldest. Like, what do you. You're almost 40 years old why are you hanging around with a bunch of 20 year olds i think he's
0: a weirdo i think my favorite is the yuri who stayed behind because he's the only motherfucker i can relate to in Mm -hmm. this whole story
1: (laughs) my knees hurt i'm going back yeah (laughs) well i don't know it's up to it's it's really up to god at this point i'm just kidding
0: we didn't tell you guys at the end of this podcast we convert you
1: We really appreciate you. This was a really long episode, so if you hung on this long, we thank you so much. Um, Keep keeping on and hanging on. Leave us a review on iTunes. Like I said, we're on iTunes, so please give us, um, subscribe and give us a review. Share with your friends and let us know what you think, and we appreciate you being a part of another episode of Molly Scalder.
0: And we love you so much. Yeah. Love you. Back Bye. Bye.